Another living past for our 1996 season. This is November 1996, and we've got a show for you today. But um, if you want to get in contact with us and let us know about anything about the show, Ben, did you know? Did you oh, know? Hello. What? Did you know no. that no, you can email us at livingwithpastpod at gmail Did you know that? I I think I'd heard you mention it, but I haven't tried it, so I wasn't too sure. Yeah, you should know that. that. So now, now now you're fired. Um, you can, you can get to us through there or you can actually, um, can, can I uh, send my resume <laughs> and then you can then also get in touch with us through our Instagram, which is living the pod, living the past, uh, um, in, in Instagram. So there's a couple of ways that you can get, uh, in touch with us. If you've got any sort of queries, questions, thoughts, abuse, all that sort of stuff, um, let us know. Since Powderfinger, we haven't, haven't really had any abuse, so... <laughs> No. Not that I want it. I always feel sad for celebrities when they get abuse, but yeah. I'm curious about it. Well, um, let's get on. So we got a bunch of stuff to get on to for November, but we got to talk about what stuff that's going on right here, right now, as Mr. Slim we used to say. You know what's going um, on right here, right now? I just that? opened up our Instagram and someone said, reply to a story, are any of these films any good? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I will and get I, into that soon. I, I hope that that's in the tone of clerks. All right, uh, let's get on to living in the now. So um, we actually have some '90s related news, like hot, hot off the press. I should put it in the, in the events, but I'll do it in the now because Matthew Perry of uh, Chandler has passed away at the age of fifty-four. How um, nuts! Found, um, yeah, he was um, found at his home, unresponsive, and yeah, unfortunately, uh, he'd had a lot of uh, problems, like with uh, he'd been in and out of rehab for for a few years, and had some pretty serious medical problems. He did say in his um, biography recently that like uh, at the time, like it was in 2018 or thing like, it's like I should be dead now, but he sort of defied that and you know kept going, and I think he was like you know every so often he sort of like was coming coming out of that, but um. Yeah, it's pretty shocking news. Um, he was doing the the rounds, yeah, the last couple of years about his sobriety, and I think I don't want to say shining himself in a good light, but he was he was doing a lot of good things for people who'd gone through addictions and trying to come out the other side. Um, and I think I don't want to say he got a lot of sympathy or pity, but I think you know people were starting to see him in a different way and actually respect him a bit more. And then that comment came out about Keanu Reeves and kind of undid a lot of it. So hopefully that does not overshadow the fact that, you know, he, he was, I think, a decent person. He had a, yeah. a good career. He had a, hopefully a good life. And I think um, when the whole sort of Friends uh, reunion thing happened too, uh, it was, um, he kind of was a little bit more real than everyone else. He was like, you know... I was, you know, because a lot of stuff came about him and like Drew and Friends and lots of stuff. And he was very sort of transparent about like what he went, what he went through and stuff. So we do salute you, Mister. Um, I, I I dare say, and I've because I've used, you know, I've used the character to describe 
the humor of the nineties. Especially, especially yeah. in that first being like that, like Chan, when the when something's being Chandlerized, like that's 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 to due to like the way his his um delivery of like that sarcastic sort of wit sort of thing. So yeah, we do salute you. Uh, we do we salute binge because I went to go watch something this morning. Uh, was it Space Jam? I went to mm-hmm. watch, and as soon as I opened it up, and this is within twenty minutes oh, of Laura telling no. me the news, friends is all that comes up Jeez. the friends reunion and friends the show like that's that's the main front page now is i do is remember friends. the email back in uh blockbuster time when michael jackson died saying hey anything that's michael jackson related put on the new release shelf and do it for like you know hike up the price <sighs> i mean i get it because people are going to want to go watch friends now yeah I mean, luckily there's like no. I mean, how many streaming services have got? It's like it's it's. Over, I remember at the start, remember like Netflix paid some hundred million for it, and now I believe it's on like at least two or three. Yeah, because is Netflix just renting it out to people? I think so. Yeah, that's how they're making they're making it money. Yeah. Uh, so apart from that, like I, I did. I was doing the um the horror, thirty one days of Halloween, but I kind of fell off the wagon. I uh, look. Keeping up with stuff for watching for for the for this pod, and um, my obligation to watch uh, so many Star Trek the new next next generation. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't have time. I found I found this last year too. I find actually like I have a very you know slasher horror is my my thing. Like I I like watching that. It's, it's kind of like makes me eighty sort of thing. It's a weird thing, but like. I find watching too much of it though does depress me. Like it gets a bit too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, that there's there's something in it that like it's just a bit. I can't keep. Is, watching was it not the Spice Girls that said too much of anything is just too much? <laughs> the philosopher uh, Mel B. <laughs> yeah. Something. I, I mean, I've probably got it slightly wrong. Uh, forgive me, Spices, but it's somewhere along there. I, on the other hand. Um, did not even try and keep up with any of this October nonsense. But yeah. I did watch the Troll Hunter. Oh, yeah, was that good? Which was so much better than the Nun Two. Um, <laughs> disappointed that Werner Herzog was not in anyway. What's that? I was disappointed that Werner Herzog was not in Troll Hunter. But that's okay. Oh man, that would be great. Um, and coming slightly into the nineties, but in the now. Last night we watched a film called Body Melt. Ah. Because it had Andrew Datto in it, and everyone was like, hey, Andrew Datto. All he did was grin the entire film. Well, that's kind of the Datto thing to do. There was three Dattos. There was. This is the middle. I like Cameron Datto. Datto. Yeah. Like Cameron Datto looked like a. Uh... <laughs> no, that's too mean. <laughs> okay. He kind of looked like a, a goofier version of Drazic from yeah. Heartbreak High. Yeah. Or like a goofier version of Gavin Rosdale. Um, yeah. But, do you, do you want to know who else is in Body Melt? Have you ever seen it? I watched it once for another podcast and it was, um, oh, I don't really dig the body horror types of stuff, but... Um, it wasn't body horror, it's Body Melt. No, that's, that's okay, that's a genre of body <laughs> Okay, whatever. Um, do, you, do you remember some sweet little prego that was in it? Uh, very, I can't. Lisa uh, McCune. Oh, pre, yeah. pre-Blue Healers. Yeah, and the, the other guy from Blue Healers was also in it. He was wearing a nighty in one scene. I don't know their names. Anyway, should we go back to 1996? I want to find out who else was in. That was 1993. We didn't watch it for this one. Why didn't we watch it for this one? Uh, because oh, it would yes. not have come up on any. 
because Australian movies are shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, on uh, was it on Prime? I think we watched it. It said 2019. Oh, so God. it obviously got released in 1993 and just fell into the sewers immediately. Lisa McKinney. Oh, Will McKinnis. And Matthew Newton apparently was in it, but I didn't see him. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Weird film. Yeah. Should have just watched Blue Hills instead. Probably. <laughs> Can you imagine that going to, going to a Halloween party? It's just like, guys, I know you're all into horror. Wow. Would you like the long-running 90s cop drama? All right, let's get on to the events of November 1996. <laughs> Uh, so, Bill Clinton beat Bob Dole in, I believe, the 54th US presidential election. Um, wasn't um, a complete... I mean, it was, it was pretty, pretty convincing. Um, most would say that, like, uh, the Republicans didn't really put up a decent candidate. Um, I also, if you go to the, um, any page to do with the election... Any picture they've got of Ross Perot looks just amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, by today's standards, like if you look at the presidential map of like blue and red, my God, just, it does not look the same as it does today. So, is uh, it is it just me or is this the weirdest like presidential versus in history? I mean, he was basically a shoe in. And like the incumbent, like he'd done, he'd, he'd done only good things. Now, strap in everyone, because it all goes downhill, downhill from here for, for all Slick Willie. Um, does it go downhill or does it go down under the podium? It does. <laughs> it gets some cigars action. Um, so let's, uh, <laughs> let's just move on to uh, Sonny Bono, uh, who everyone knows at the time was the guy that's with sure that's saying, uh, I got you, babe. But he he became a congressman. Um, this is like after a big raft of like uh, celebrities becoming you know um, politicians and stuff. We're not at the governor yet. Well, that's that's a little bit later. Um, <laughs> but he was he was a uh, Republican nomination. Um, pretty uh, big advocate for the environment. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so just like is, the other you know, Bono. Yeah. <laughs> which is um you know. Not sort of painting them all with the same brush, but like, you know, Republicans who care about the environment is not usually something that you'd... you'd uh, uh, you think Bono was inspired by Bono's name and that's why he called himself Bono? What are the yeah. chances of there being two famous Bonos? Well, no, nah, his name's Sonny Bono. He's not just Bono. Yeah, but if he was to play sport on his shirt, it would say Bono. So, <laughs> But I think that's his actual name. Like, he didn't change his name. He's saying Bono's name is Bono. <laughs> you don't know Bono. <laughs> his name's Salvatore Philip Sonny Bono. Yeah, so his name's Bono. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> this is just... This is great. If you can't tell, there's not much events for November 1996. <laughs> also, um, I think this is gonna my, peak, my peak recording time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 346, is... take note. This is on my decline. <laughs> this is the start of me going down. <laughs> Anyways, up. 
a 2.5 million year old Australopithecus bone was found. In, bones were found in Ethiopia, so that was. Um, what were they doing uh, there? Furthering. Well, <laughs> are you what? <laughs> What are they doing there? I don't like this combative. They're bones. They were found that like, they were three point two point five million years old. They're from the first humans. Uh, is Austral meaning Australian history? Is that just a word? No, Australopithecus. Yeah, but I'm assuming the Austral comes. Do you from... want me to? <laughs> no. This is a shemuzzle. Austral... Part of me, I did not do bones in school. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my own bones. There was no Ethiopian bones involved. Um, Jesus. Australopithecus is a noun. It means a bipedal uh, primate. Okay. Found in Pliocene or plas- not Pleistocene, Pleistocene <laughs> <laughs> deposits in Africa. So okay. That's what Australopithecus means. So it's not someone that walked from Australia to Ethiopia. Cool. No, it's not. Hey, two point five million years ago, I'm pretty sure there wasn't massive oceans everywhere, and you probably could have walked that way. So yeah, it was that Pangaea place? That. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Crowded House also the played their uh, last concert for um, one hundred and fifty thousand people on the steps of uh, Sydney Opera House, which is how is there that many people? If you get a chance, we talked about this with uh, Shannon in our Aria episode. Um, if you get a chance, please check out the video. There's like there's multiple video, um, like ways you can watch it. It's just amazing that they didn't really realize how many people were gonna rock up, and it was it was just unbelievable. Because I can't picture like how far away you're gonna be <laughs> if you're the hundred. 49,000. They had big screen TVs. Um, there's a really good, um, you know, you know me, I like to have my, like, the oral history of, of big events. Um, the Sydney Morning Herald's got a really good, um, they talked to Neil Finn and Nick Seymour about uh, the whole thing and, and how, how they felt and just how it went down. So if you want to have a read through that, it's amazing. It's a really, really good. You um, know, I always thought that the stage was set up in front of the Opera House, not facing the Opera House. That seems silly to me. What? I always I had the picture in my head that their stage when they're playing that was in front of the opera house. The opera house is behind them, mm. but they're facing the opera house, which gives you a lot less room for people to be without falling in the water. I mean, it makes great great scenery and photos, but yeah, I feel like it's counterintuitive. But whatever. Well, they obviously. Did it? They did. So they were wrong. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't talk to you as like planning the event because they would have got like a thousand people in. Don't talk to an 11 year old about planning things. <laughs> this uh, there's this little 11 year old here that thinks he's got some ideas about the crowd house concert. Um, <laughs> um, he's just complaining about his his mum and his brother going to to the grand final without him. <laughs> Really into Mariah Carey. <laughs> My time to shine. <laughs> um, awesome. So that's that's my that's my events. There's not many. Yeah, that's pretty weak. Okay. Well, <laughs> time for sports to bring it on home. All right, let's get to sports. Coming home, folks. What a legend! What a champion! 
That's been a marvelous game here. Yes, They're better be some curling. It's coming home. You know That's what's what I'm com- saying. You know what's coming home? Curling? No. The Skate Canada International. <laughs> Don't laugh at that. Okay. Oh, are you going to la- laugh at the fact that Elvis won as well? Is that a joke to you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Elvis won. <laughs> I don't know how it scored. I don't know what it means, but Elvis won. Were they dressed as Elvis? No, his name is Elvis. I'm pretty sure. I know we've been doing this for a little while. Yeah. But I have a pretty good feeling that we've talked about Elvis <laughs> we've been before. Down the, we've been down the Elvis road before. The Elvis I reckon skates. we have. It would be possible. We're we're up to like a hundred and nearly twenty episodes. I'm sure we've covered some of these stories. And there's no rhyme or reason to the sports that I choose to talk about. It's oh no, like... we know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, should there be the deranged manner that they get presented to me? Would may suggest that like you have just looked this up ten minutes before you like, get onto the. Excuse me, I looked this up two hours before we got here. <laughs> While I was watching a movie. Uh, in the ladies, Arena from Russia won. Elvis from Canada, by the way. People don't remember him from the first okay. time I ever mentioned him. Um, the pairs was Germany, Mandy and Ingo. Okay. And in the ice dancing pairs was Shailene and Victor from Canada. Ah, good on um, I don't know how it scored, what those numbers mean, but they're ranked number one in yellow and it says that they won so i guess they won as long as elvis is on top i don't really care he's always on top um slightly less cold scenario over in scotland yeah. the league cup final Ooh, aberdeen nope this, yes Ooh. um Hibs. also that yeah okay sure. cool um i I still never quite get how. Uh, I guess I do get. Um, Rangers and Celtic are the two biggest teams. Yes. In Scotland. The Glasgow teams, yeah. One of them should be winning everything all the time. Yeah. And in, from memory, in the 90s, it was mostly Rangers. But the fact that it's not just Rangers first, Celtic second all the time, I'm like, how? What happened to them? <laughs> what were they doing? I figure um, it's like when I go, when I play FIFA. And then, like, I get halfway through the season, and I've got it on semi-pro, and I feel really bad for winning every single game, <laughs> but like four 0 So, like, then I'm like, oh, I'll take some players out, and I'll, I'll push up to professional, and then I'll start getting beaten and uh, drawn. That's how that's how it works in real life. Isn't Wait, it? you take players out and then make it harder? Well, I I, I make sure I circulate. So I'll, put, I'll, I'll if I'm uh, doing like a team that's not that like good, I'll put my like below sixty players out there and give and them a run. Players below sixty. <laughs> Look, yeah. tough. I'm in my first season. I struggle with players below eighty. I'm not good at transfers. So anyway, uh, my sports section isn't thin, so don't bogart. Uh, Jim Jeffries, uh, the manager of Hearts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the losing side, of course, because he came up against Rangers. It's four three though. You know they gave gave him a good run. They scored right. in the 90th minute to keep it alive, but it's still a little too late. Yeah. Your chances of beating. When you have a brace from Ali McCoist and Paul Gascoigne, you're dreaming. Paul Gascoigne. Paul Gascoigne. And Jeepers. you've got Australia's Craig Moore in defence. 
Dream Team. Um, Scottish Dream Team. Was that when he was in? His, he was rocking his um, bleach blonde hair too. Uh, it would have been around that time because this is just after the Euros. Yeah, so Paul Gascoigne scored the mm. winners, which I feel. I don't know how that goes down because he. I think he broke a lot of Scottish hearts at the Euros. So the fact that he was playing in Scotland, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think my brother hated him. There's a reason that I do. When I hear Paul Gascoigne's name, I kind of just smirk. I don't know. A lot of a lot of people hated him. Uh, so Mike Tyson versus Evander Ugh. Holyfield. Is this the ear? This is not the ear. They fought. Tyson got fucking smashed. Good. Um. Went for 11 rounds. Apparently, should have been caught off sooner. Uh, there was a few quote unquote accidental head knocks yeah. from both. Okay. Um, but yeah, Tyson apparently is not in a good way, and uh, Holyfield really let loose. But there will be a rematch that was, I think, pre agreed. Yeah. So we'll be back for more Tyson Holyfield news. Hmm. You'll see. Okay. And fuck um, the hangover putting him there. Fuck them for making him like putting him up that, there as like someone like the hangover. Was that what made him cool? Again, like that gave yeah. him like a bit of a rebirth. And I'm like now more than ever because like I don't I, I don't like the director of that film either now. And oh. um, I feel like heaps of movies when we get to the grotty. 2000s and 2010s brought back these like monsters from the 90s who may have flown on, may have flown on the radar. I mean, Michael Tyson, Mike Tyson's not even like flying on the radar. He was like all out on front street about how terrible he was. And they're like, oh, let's give him a go because it'd be funny. Fuck them. Even now, he's like on podcasts and doing rounds and like everyone's yeah. well respected. And yeah. Yeah. It's if you like Mike Tyson, you're a piece of shit. Anyway, keep going. So, uh, <laughs> Not not straying too far from pieces of shit. <laughs> I'm not a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> the youngest ever NBA debut. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and the start of a complete dynasty. Okay. So I don't know if I mentioned back in July, but the Lakers uh, acquired one Shaquille O'Neal. Ah, oh, right. For a lot of money. Oh, is this is this Kobe? And then in November, Kobe played his first game. Ah. And a dynasty was born. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, at this point, I don't think he'd done anything bad. So that's nice. <laughs> Just an innocent little boy. Moving on. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also, I don't often mention these, but actually I don't think I've ever mentioned these, but it's worth bringing up Tony Stone. <laughs> okay. It's not a funny name. <laughs> She was an American professional baseball player. Okay. And she played in male leagues. But she died in November of 1996. Thanks. Well, we were never going to mention her. I mean, she died in the 90s, so she obviously didn't play any games. We're not going to go back to the 50s. But uh, she was a bit of a trailblazer for women in sports. Was she in the Newport Peaches? Were they a real team? I think... Oh, they might just be a amalgamation of a few teams. She did play for. <laughs> Apparently, this is a real team. This is actually. Uh, I I don't believe they've renamed it. It's still called the Metric and Vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's 
the league apparently is still called the Negro League. Oh my god! I don't know how why they haven't renamed that. Jeez. Yeah. Um, what's the team? What's the team called? The Indianapolis Clowns. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We really are just like this. Is the worst. If you want to find some slight solace. Actually, no, I'm not even going to say what they could have called them. That would have no. been worse. But they could have been worse. The Vermont Volvas. <laughs> anyway. Actually, uh, I think she she played in, in male teams, so they would have been, you know, dicks or <laughs> staffs. Okay. San Francisco Shafts. Um, it was actually San Francisco Sea Lions. Uh, okay. She played for the New Orleans Creoles okay. and the Kansas City Monarchs. All right. Yeah, um, had quite a career. Tops lady from from what I can see. Okay, good for her. Good for her. The original you. Jackie Robinson. Okay, maybe in a way. Anyway, right. I know why we're here. I know what you wanted. Let sweep the rock slide, sweep my it man. In, sweep it in for me, buddy. <laughs> the European Curling Championships. Oh yeah. Held this year in Copenhagen. That's in Denmark. I oh, know. Uh, we did start on the 30th of November and run for a week. Oh. So technically, I can't really tell you too much about what we did. <laughs> so let's take it down southward. Okay. Because we also had the Pacific Curling Championships. Ooh, where was I? Where was where was they? Where were they? They were hosted in Sydney. Ah, yeah, nice. Uh, it was Australia, Australia, Japan, South Korea, and New Zealand. Yeah, we did a round robin. Uh, Australia and Japan finished up with five wins, one loss. Yeah, played off in the in the final. Obviously, well, not obviously. Japan had to beat New Zealand, who finished third, to get to the final, which seems, yeah. Um. <sighs> Australia won seven four. Nice. Yeah. Um, that'll round out our sport. Uh, just one more thing. One more thing before we go. Um, I want we talked about the sport goalball uh, a couple of episodes ago. Uh, it's the sport in which uh, the players are blind and um, they uh, are play, play, played on like inside court, and it's just the, the amount of athleticism that is needed is, is just amazing. I got really into it after that episode. Um, they're doing. Uh, Paris 2024 Paralympic qualifiers. Ah, so cool. uh, if you want to check it out, um, on uh, they, they do they do stream a lot of them on YouTube. So if you uh get a chance, um, just like I'll just just go to uh, the global uh, australia.org and they'll have all the details there. But yeah, just wanted to sort of put it out there because it's, it's really a really fun game to watch and more people should be into it. Yeah, they should. Cool, let's get on to film. All right. Now... Get your uh, bins out, everyone. Get what? Get your bins out. Here comes some rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll go through the movies that got released, and then we'll... uh... Bad Moon, Dear God, The Funeral, Larger Than Life, Mother Night, Romeo and Juliet, Set It Off, Hype, Ransom, The English Patient, Mirror Has Two Faces, Space Jam, Jingle All The Way, 
Star Trek First Contact, 101 Dalmatians, The Crucible, Sling Blade, and Brassed Off. I feel like we watched all of the same films. Possibly. You, I think you did a couple extras. Um, yeah, so I did Bad Moon. Um, pretty run of the middle uh, werewolf movie, but look, anything that's got like creature feature, I'll, I'll go for. Um, the effects are pretty good, but um, everything else is just terrible. Oh. What, what is Bad Moon? Is it about the moon? It's about um, a guy who goes... <laughs> a guy goes to... Uh, he's doing like some sort of exploration and while he's getting it on with with a girl they get attacked by a werewolf he comes back to america to visit his sister and then he's killing people in the area and yeah that's pretty much how it goes um sounds dumb didn't go out of the funeral larger than life i always remembered what seeing the cover for because bill murray's in that and it's him i think it's him and an elephant (laughs) okay i think it's like to do with him and an elephant yeah that's have like a, a false memory or something like that. Two um, Bill Murray films this month. We also have two Pete Possible films this month. Look. Did anyone else double up? Um, <laughs> the bingo. Um, what did you, like, like before we get into this, what, what did you watch? I watched 101 Dalmatians, mostly. Oh, cool. Um, it's all right. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, I think I probably liked it more as a kid because I was a kid. Um, this time I was like, you guys met and you got engaged the day that you met and now you're just together. together? Yeah, that's how you do it. It's weird. Um, Hugh I'm Laurie is Daniel Stern from Home Alone. Oh, yeah. That's yep. all his character was made to be. <laughs> um, I'm okay with that. There's raccoons in it. They're cute. There's lots of dogs. Uh, did you like the modern swing of the thing? The, the, gr- the cringiest thing about this was the modern swing of him being a video game developer? Uh, yeah, yeah, and how kinda. this major game that he's spent hours and hours of money on and of, of of work on and money on that it all gets decided by one I'm thinking 10 year old child that comes in and does like a test and it's like, no, I don't like that. You have to want to annihilate something, <laughs> you know. That kid after the movie came out, he got ready that Monday morning, he's like, my friends are gonna love me. <laughs> He was never seen again. Battered. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm not. I'm not against that part. Um, yeah. I'm more just sad that the the dogs don't talk, and there's not a little fat one that says, "Mama, I'm hungry." <laughs> I really am. Um, Glenn Close is a great Cruella, uh, and yeah, yes. like the um, the the two Hugh Laurie and um, I'm gonna call it Ron's dad from Harry Potter. I should know his name because he's been in heaps of English stuff. Um, but yeah, all good. Uh, what else do you watch? Uh, I watched Space Jam, which yeah, I watched that with my kids. They were they were into it. They they liked it. Yeah. I, didn't, I, I I didn't. This was this came in a time for me. So I'm like 14 now. I I just don't. Mm. I, I wasn't in to Space Jam at the time. Like I remember heaps of people going off about it, and I was just like, yeah, I'm I'm past that now. Um, do not like 3D animation. Of Looney Tunes characters, fuck off! But it's not full 3D. It's it's, it's 2D enough. with some shadows. It's enough. And it looks I terrible. I don't mind. I thought it looked alright, but did not like the hypersexualization. Oh yeah, <laughs> of Lola. Even when they tried to like correct it, they kept it going. Yeah, 
even when and like look, if, if bugs and people are pure on the same court and bugs is coming off creepier than people are pure you got a problem mm-hmm. you got some problems there yeah i wasn't huge into this when i was a kid either i don't know how because i love basketball maybe because i don't know my house loved michael jordan maybe there was just a bit too much uh, seattle in me to really commit well um but it, i didn't i didn't love it things thing that speaks to my my non-sporting influence on my children because they, they came off it saying let's watch all the old looney tunes cartoons i'm like yeah let's not go outside and play basketball fuck that <laughs> and then well, uh my oldest son going hey look if you look at the crowd they've done the first three rows and then they just repeated it and then it's going in different patterns i'm like oh, jesus because they're used to the yeah, new space jam where it's 90s. got like every single warner brothers character in like full 4k vision oh man right there for you so you bring him around here and we'll play a uh, FIFA 96 Road to World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> he will probably have some sort of aneurysm. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, nah, he loves it when I um, show him old video games. It's like, how come I can't look around? It's like, well, because you don't have to, have, to have to look right right in front of you. It's like, that's a Mickey sense. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you tell him that the character doesn't move. It's actually the whole background that moves and the character stays still. <laughs> That's how they do it. Um, yeah, you know, I like, you know this movie made six billion dollars in revenue. It's fucked up. Like it's, it's good, and I'm sure. I always get this, this is the thing that weirded me out is that that's not Michael Jordan's wife, right? No, like, it's Theresa Randall. So, I wonder how Michael Jackson's wife feels about that. It's like, well, it's not. Firstly, it's Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, but like. What what what's their choice? It's like we're gonna make a film about you. We need to have some family moments, but we're not gonna put your family in. They're ugly. <laughs> so we're just gonna like. Is that what they're saying, or is this like, oh, we need a, we need a more we need family? I mean, I'm sure he doesn't want we his need, family. We on need screen. someone who's a real actor because she's gonna be in it for 14 seconds. Yeah, and was like, and he, yeah, so they're not even that that much. And then, uh, I think the, the hey, best... maybe Michael said it. Maybe Michael said, "Who's, oh, who's that?" A hot lady from Waiting to Excel. That's my wife. I want to kiss Bring her. her in. <laughs> um, the best, the best moments in this movie is Muggsy Bogues, Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley. Yeah, and they, the they guy steal from it. Arnold. Oh yeah! I don't know who that player is. And I also like the fact that they. Uh, who's the center for um, the Lakers from Yugoslavia um, or Serbia? Is sorry. It? Yeah, it's like oh, we get like a little bit of him. It's yeah. amazing. Um, I meant to look up who who Stretch is, but and Larry Bird, of course. Yeah. Or as I like to call him in this, Shame of Day. Um, oh yeah. Um, Wayne Knight, which I I uh, looked up an interview with him um, about how it was being like on the set with like you know Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and Bill Murray, and he's just like, I did my lines, and then I I like stepped aside and just watched them, and then I went back and did. And he's like, they like, oh, did you did you play basketball? He's like. <laughs> and he's like Michael Jordan is like the best living specimen I've ever seen he's like he's got muscles on his muscles <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah if you get a I think it's Distractify has like a really good um, article with Wayne Knight about him working on Space Jam so yeah give it a go uh, Sean Bradley was stretched that's right yeah uh, played for the Mavericks no one knows thinking, what he cares about you I kept thinking he was Sorry. that um, what's the Timberwolves guy I just the, the white players of the NBA in the 90s just all blend into one. 
Yeah, they should. I mean, when I saw it and it's not Mullen, I was like, I don't know who it is if it's not Mullen. What's the guy from... And um, Shrimp. No, the one from Timberwolves. There's a... Uh, you thinking of Novitsky? No, there was a, there's a 30 for 30 about it. Um, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, you do. Uh, so everyone can space out for a sec while I talk about Star Trek First Contact. Star Trek First Contact is brilliant. It is... Uh, and it's not just because I'm back into, like, watching Next Generation again. But... Actually, it is. But what um, I'm going to do? I'm what? not going to yuck on your yums, and I'm just going to watch people's reels while you talk about it. <laughs> can, you leave, can you leave the sound on so I can hear just, like, barely audible, yeah. like, crap in the background? Um, look, it's all about uh, the Borg, and they, they, they're trying to retroactively uh, take over Earth. Um, I'm starting to think that the Borg is, like, one of the most uh, be- the best villains created by a movie franchise ever. Like, they're, they're very scary, and they're very uh, calculated, and I love it. Um, Miss Guinan, Miss from Whoopi. She wasn't in this one. And there's some. It actually got really. Like, there's, there's a bit where uh, Data um, gets like actual skin grafted onto him, and it looks real, real fucked up. Like it's there's there's some real uh, gross bits in this. It's got the guy from Babe in it for some reason, um, and you know what? That's my Star Trek First Contact minute. Oh, that was just actually a minute. Yeah, pretty much a minute. Yeah. Oh, okay. No um, one wants to. I, I know. I know one particular person who's listening to this would be very um, interested. And he knows I know he, heaps he of people it. that really want to know what Winifred the British Bulldog was doing, but you'll have to go and look yourself. Um, I watched Ransom. Why did you do that again? Well, okay. Here's the thing. Gary Sinise. You, yeah, but you know me, like sometimes. Those, sometimes when I see <laughs> those those thrillers, dads mm. in their forties are really taking to me at the moment. And oh, that and, scene where the kid wets himself, and then they're like, <gasps> "He's a bad guy." Yeah, yeah. And the bit that oh, look, and look, I, I I haven't watched this since I've had kids. Like the bit where they lose him, me and Mal were like, "Oh, that's." now palpable like it's like you do have that sometimes where it's like i can't see my kid i um, gonna go oh no <laughs> oh no um yes it's got mill gibson in it. um yes he's like he makes some questionable decisions. like this, this this movie is weird because like i was really going like do i give it a two or a three because like it's again like a lot of 90s movies to do with kids they do not shy away from brutalizing a child in this movie like it's it's pretty full-on what they do to him and what they threatened him with and like what the actor would have had to go through like on the set and lots of stuff. Um, it's, it's kind of mean spirited in a way. Um, there's a bit where, uh, have you, you've seen this before, obviously. Uh, it's a um, while ago, but yeah. There's a bit where, the... there's a bit where like, so basically, uh, Mel Gibson is a, um, an engineer who, um, built, built his own air, um, aircraft company from the, from the ground up, but he's being investigated um, about some union funds and lots of stuff. And this uh, group of um, people like uh, uh, kidnap his son. And it kind of, unravel- like it's, it's very quite good in how it unravels because like things come about, up about him, things come up about like what he's done. Um, there's a bit where he basically decides now that even if he gives them the money, they're going to kill the kid anyway. So he puts a bounty out so he said, like, he, he, puts, he puts all the money on the, on the news desk and he's on camera and he's like, there's $2 million, 
but you're not going to see any of it. I'm going to give this to whoever hunts you down and kills you and brings back my kid. And that's where it goes a little bit mean spirited. <laughs> like it goes a little know, bit Mel Gibson. You don't, yeah, you don't know who you're rooting for in that moment because, like, his wife Renee Russo, who puts up with a lot, um, in that moment, is just like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And yeah, like, that's where it kind of lost me a bit. Um, I did still give it a three um, because Renee Russo. Well, also good, good day, good movie. And you, um, you were just hankering for a Lethal Weapon sequel. Yeah, we've got uh, Daryl Lindo. Stop eating my sister, people. And I was convinced that he was he was in on it, and he is not. <laughs> so if you if you are the same as me, uh, he is not in on it. Is it just all Gary? Basically, Gary and his yeah, um, and Gary, and a lot of people were offered this um this role and didn't want to take it because it's kind of mean. Like it's it's not it's not yeah, nice. You're a bad guy. What do you mean? Like and like, but also like you you like they like they all thought about it as like a way of like oh well I don't want to, um, like I, don't, I, I think people are getting to that thing of like one role these days can actually sort of <laughs> people are so stupid these days that they won't forget you for being in that role. Like I reckon it happened to Kevin Bacon. Mm. I don't th- I think Kevin Bacon was like the bad guy because of Sleepers for like quite some time after that. Yeah. I mean, in, in my mind, I was like, it's hard to think of him as anything else. Um, he's he's brought it back now. But yeah, I think people were like very careful about not doing that. So yeah. Um, so no, I did give it three, but uh, yeah, Ooh. it was very nearly two. Uh, should we talk about Roman and Juliet? Um, I, I guess, yeah. Is there anyone, anything else that you... What, I've, you... I've, got a, I've got a couple others. Did you? Yep. You had a couple others, did you not? I had, uh, yeah, I had, well, we got, look, I watched Jingle All The Way, but we've now decided that we're going to do that for a special Christmas bonus. I was going to mention Hype, but I I think I need to sit and watch it properly and give it my full attention on a day mm. where I want to watch it. Yeah, maybe we can cover it in... Um... I just mean because when I watched it, I was like, this is just a bunch of mashed together interviews. This is not really doing a lot for me. Look, I like I... the Eddie bits. Yeah. I like the bits that revolved around my interest in the Seattle scene, but mostly and it was like, eh. I remember when, I've actually got a story about this. Um, oh. I, I remember when this came out and we were like, me and my friend Andrew were like so jazzed to see it. And they were only showing it at the, uh, the Heinley street greater union for some reason, which um, at that stage being a 14 year old kid, you don't, you don't go down Huntley street. No. You only hear bad things about Huntley street. But we're gonna go. We're, we're like we're all ready to go, um, because it was all about Pearl Jam and stuff. And it's like, like, like two days before it, I came down with one of the worst cases of food poisoning I've ever had, and ever oh, to this idiot. day, I went to hospital. No way. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because I couldn't keep anything down. They don't know what it was from. They still like like they were like they were like maybe like there's like I, I can't remember. I've got sort of blurs. All I remember. Is you know when adults think the kids aren't listening? <laughs> yeah. The nurse was talking to my mum, and she's like, "We're gonna see how he goes, but I've alerted the women's and children's hospital in the city because he's he's a very unwell boy." <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and um, I didn't have in- to put him down. <laughs> That's pretty much the thing I got. It's like, look, he's your fourth, right? Look. <laughs> 
You've got three good ones. <laughs> we'll um we'll take him to a nice farm upstate. <laughs> the um, Bridge. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't end up going to the uh, other hospital, but um, but yeah, like, and then finally sort of got over that. And my friend Andrew went and saw it anyway, because <laughs> you know you're 14 and who gives a shit. And then um, it's not like he texted him saying, "Oh, we'd, we'd already bought tickets to it, so it's fine." Um, yeah. And he was just like, "Oh, it was actually pretty bad." Like they only they show Pearl Jam like, <laughs> like right towards the end. Yeah, and do. it's like, and I was just like, <laughs> like in my post sickness haze of like, "Oh, that's better." That's... <laughs> Like when Lisa goes to see the Itchy and Scratchy movie and tries to say it wasn't very good. Mm. Except the fact that it was, this wasn't very good. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know that much about it. I, I, I know I know bits. I um, a lot of people have talked about it. Yeah. I should have fast forward more because um, instead I just got distracted. It but was a bit... Oh, sorry, you go. It, I don't know if they filmed it like in 1996 and everyone had already moved on and forgotten the big cool bands didn't like want to talk or 95 96 yeah um it seemed real mean-spirited to me like it seemed like especially when they got to kim thyle of um soundgarden and just like i just i didn't see the point of it like obviously at the time when like grunge like being in seattle like you probably would have felt quite encroached upon and, and quite sort of invaded it just seems a little bit like sour grapes well, yeah, I think it was all done at the wrong time. If it was taken, that's what I couldn't work out. I wanted and hoped that these were interviews that started in the 90s to 94, 95. Yeah. So you get like a taste and a feel for what's going on. Yeah. But if they're all done 95, 96, yeah. it's not really a good time to be asking people about the Seattle past. Yeah, it's past the... Um... But it's not far enough past where people can look back on it in a good light. Like you sound like everyone's a bit sour about it. If you came and did this movie in two thousand and two, this movie okay, feels cool. like nearly every show that I played with an older band that had been big back in the day, and telling me about all the gigs that I missed out on, and we would never know how good Adelaide was like back in the like, the height of like I've you know me I've got like a real big thing about gatekeeping. Like I mm. I'm all for letting the new guard go through in any scene like if we don't then we don't get anything new we just and like you can't just sort of like rest in your laurels like imagine imagine if like we'd they had sort of like harnessed that sort of thing and like made some like kind of like the um the socal punk scene like they kind of went let's start up a bunch of in, independent record companies and we'll have a different sort of genre maybe for each one we'll have like a hardcore one we'll have like a melodic one lots of stuff and we'll celebrate it and we'll try and sort of like give the the new band somewhere to go. Yeah, and they did like the, it, the similar train in hype where they talk about people that are just doing it for themselves and for their friends. And, you know, they went and saw their friends' bands, their friends came and saw their band and it's a little community. But then there's that not even underlining tone. It's, you know, the whole world saw this thing, saw it was great, came in and stole the best of it. And then there's all these other bands just left behind. But wanting like, to be part of this scene that's kind it, of now tainted. It says to me that those bands, even if they were given the opportunity, wouldn't have wanted it. They wanted to play with their friends and lots of stuff. Like, they didn't want the spotlight. So, like, what are they complaining about? I don't know. Like, it's actually, like, it's really weird. I don't know who this movie's for. Is it for the people who are, like, 
um, just in Seattle and just like the ones that want everything to stay the same? Or is it, are you trying to find a broad, are you going to tell a broader audience that we didn't think, want anyone? I think they're trying to scare people away from Seattle. And they're not, <laughs> like I mean, leave us alone. then make a more interesting movie. No, they don't want people to come to Seattle. They're like, oh, this is, this is just friends hanging out with friends and it's really kind of drab and boring here and leave us alone. And then Eddie's at the end saying the real tragedy would be if someone doesn't make something of the magic here, basically. Yeah. Like, well, you did, Eddie. It's fine. You did. And like, he's got, I mean, I also find it a little uh, cringy that he had Beth with him. Like he had the two members of Hovercraft or three members of Hovercraft. Well, that was because they lifted a interview from Hovercraft times. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I found that to be, it would have been better if the whole band had been in it as a unified front saying like, yeah, we didn't want all of this. Like we didn't know what we we're getting into and we're like trying to like get other bands to open for us and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, which I mean, I, we talked about on, on, on the Conan O'Brien podcast at the moment, they've got uh, Steve Albini, Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic talking about In Utero. And even though I really don't like Steve Albini, there's a, there's a bit in it where uh, Dave Grohl says when they did the big stadium tour for In Utero, it gave them the opportunity to like have butthole surfers like open for them and like have all these like weird smaller bands, which like, you know, they no were, one wanted to see. Yeah. They don't want to see, but like, you know, the thing is like, uh, I think those big bands at the time got attacked, but they were trying as much as they could to get, um, to get more exposure for these small bands. So I don't know. And I find, I, will... I find, I find the hype mean spirited. That's what, that's what I find. And I just, because I put him so much, I will give a little bit of credit to Dave Grohl. Um, for a lot of the Foo Fighter years, they would always, I think they even still do kind of like they get smaller bands. They get yeah, yeah. semi-unknown bands, but they will also jump on a bandwagon. Um, yeah. I mean, they got the chats I, here and all yeah. stuff and but, yeah, but um, they, they, they go okay. There's a really funny bit in that interview about Kurt. Um, he wanted mac and cheese <laughs> and on the rider and they made him like legit mac and cheese with like real cheese and he's like no no like I want the craft mac and cheese yeah yeah I think that was in one of the books as well somewhere it's pretty funny yeah um yeah you know what I, I as, apart from the Albini of it all like that interview is actually pretty good um something better I'm hoping you watch this as well brass stuff I tried <gasps> and I so this week a little bit peek behind the scenes I got a bit sick so, like, I tried to watch it at some point and I just couldn't... I kept falling asleep. Oh, um, no. You almost and... see Ewan's Willie. <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to see. Um, I, I do want to... I'm going to watch it at some point because it actually... I think uh, I think it might actually leave at the end of this month for SBS On Demand. So I'm going to try and do it sometime before then. Um, so... Give me, yeah, give it to me. Um, <laughs> I want. I wonder if it's like kind of similar to the um, that movie Pride that I watched a few like um like it's it's came I out s- a few years I ago. Still haven't watched Pride, so so like that's about okay. how um the union um for the for the miners they teamed up with the um uh the gay community because uh, they were also um uh, protesting at the time. And just how like the two communities type, sort of kind of like helped each other out, lots of stuff. But like I know it's like you know, 
it's about mining, but I was, I was wondering if it's if it's kind of in that sort of same vein. It is not. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you'd never seen this before? No. I somehow ended up watching this as a child. And again, I've said many times that film you watch when you're young and you're like, oh, I'm a grown-up because I'm watching a boring grown-up film. Mm. But it's not boring, even though nothing's happening. Yeah. It moves along really quite quickly, um, even though nothing is happening. So it's about a coal mine in Yorkshire. Yeah. That they also have a brass band that all right. the miners are in. Not all of them, because there's a thousand miners, but a lot of the miners are in this this brass band. Um the mines around the country are being shut down like weekly or monthly. Thatcher government is just tearing them apart. It's very, very blatant about its hatred of Tories. Sure. Thatcher. It's got a def like, I did watch the start of it, it's got a definition at the start of what a Tory is. Yeah. It's yeah, it does not shy away from any of it. Which Shouldn't. on one hand is great. This good for them, government bad, work is good. Although but also bias or uh, it's it's coal mining though, guys. And like I know there's yeah. livelihoods and this is people's you know, this this is all they have, this is all they can do, this is all the, yeah, the town yeah. is built around this mine. So many English towns too. I was reading um Adrian Emerson's biography and he, he was in a wool town. But then also their town was covered in grit because of like the factories that were like making wool products and stuff like that. So it's like it so the town sort of needed it, but it was also killing the town, like yeah. health wise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the same, like, you know, like lung that people would get. Yeah. Um, is that, is that touched on in this or? Yes. So Pete Postlewaite uh, okay. ends up with it and it's pretty, it's not hard to watch, but it's very, very sad. The, yeah. the cast in this so good. There's a little baby Ewan, um, I can't remember his name. I want to say Stephen Tomlinson plays okay. Pete's son. Um, he's a clown on the side when he's not mining because he's trying to get extra money. He owes heaps of, he was like 12 grand to some bookies or something. Yeah. Still goes out and buys a new trombone because he needs it for his band. Oh, Stephen Tomkinson. Yeah, I know him. Tomkinson, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's great. He is so good in this. Um, uh, he was it, in uh, more so TV than movies you yeah. know him from. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think he's a Geordie. <laughs> generally as well. But does a good Yorkshire accent. Everyone everyone does pretty decent accent as far as I'm concerned. Even Ewan? Yeah, yeah, Ewan wasn't too bad. Okay, cool. Um it captures the miserable Britishness. Oh, that's so what well. I was gonna that's what I wanted to, to, to say, like in the start of my notes when I did start watching this, was that this the start of this movie for my for my books, could be the start of any <laughs> British movie set in the eighties or nineties. It's yeah. dreary. Yep. Everyone's like cold and angry and just like a bit sniffy and just like. But then like, uh, yeah. Obviously, I didn't see how it ended up, but like, and the it, dialogue between people. Yeah, like, and, there's one guy when he is coming home, his wife is leaving. When he's leaving, she's coming home, and it's just all right. Right. And That's then it. um when there's like an outsider comes into the town, um the like the, the landlord of the or like the landlady of the of the thing is like, What you got there? Just like no like there's no privacy or anything like that. Or that no. would say pri- privacy. Who are you? What's that? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing here? 
I've got a, I've got a right to know. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that outsider comes in because she's writing a report on the mine, whether or not yep. it's feasible to keep it open. Yep. She says that it is, and they shouldn't close it. Meanwhile, the mine itself is having a vote on redundancy or not redundancy. I think they offer the miners 30 grand, and that's it. Yep. If they say no to it, um, the mine will stay open, but at some point it's going to close and they will not get the same redundancy package. Right. Yeah. So a lot of guys are like younger, they're like, yeah, I'll fucking take 30 grand and I'm out of here. Yeah. But and the older guys like, yeah. Olders, there's some, I don't really get like, if you're older, looking at retirement soon. Ah, drop the not... dead donkey is what Rather... some Stephen Tompkins is from. Yes. And he's that, yeah. And Wild at Heart. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I find it weird that people would not be taking it when they're a little bit older. Yeah. And they can, anyway, that's not on me. Um, but retirement to old people back in those days was like, no, <laughs> fuck that. Like, yeah. Well, if you worked in a coal mine, you worked there until you died. Yeah. Um, sadly, which is what happened to people that worked there their whole lives. Um, yeah. as Pete says, he worked next to this guy his, his whole life, um, until he died and they opened him up and his lungs were just dust. Yeah. Um, and it's all really, really sad. And it's quite, it's just, it's betrayed so well. Um, but anyway, they vote to close the mine. Pete Bosselway ends up in hospital because his lungs are just failing him. He's like, well, you lads got to final and you win. Um, oh, and the band's like, it's three grand to play the final. Like, we can't get down to London and we don't want to do it. Like, we never oh, want to no. do it in the first place. I oh, know. Uh, and then the enemy, who yep. Tara Fitzgerald, who everyone thinks, got the mine shut down when she's been telling them all along that she wrote a report saying that they keep the mine open and it wasn't her fault and people voted for it. Nothing to... oh, it's... That it's woman came into our town. <laughs> well, like the miners voted whether it opened or not. It has nothing to do with yeah. her oh, stupid um, big plot hole. Don't like it. She comes up and she's like, here's your three grand. This will get us, get you all to London. See you later. And they're like, well, we can't get along without a flugel player. You'll have to come with us. Some of the men are real creepy. I bet. Uh, They go to Royal Albert Hall. They play. Yorkshire Miners, you say. (laughs) Yeah, not a classy bunch, surprisingly. (laughs) (laughs) At one point, when she joins the band, there's these two guys that were about to quit. And their wives told them, like, you go in there, you tell Danny, you can't afford it anymore. You're done. And they come home and they're like, we couldn't do it. We just... It was just too much. It means too much to Danny. You know, we, we had to stay. And then Tyra Fitzgerald walks past and gets on the bus. And they're like, oh, yeah. Is that why? <laughs> so then the wives join them. Because we the like looking at her trip. rather than you. <laughs> <laughs> so they go off on their next little venture um, to play the quarterfinals or semis, whatever. And these two guys are sat at the back of the bus, either side of this poor young girl, chatting her up when their wives get on the bus. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Pretty funny. Uh, men are gross. Um, so they're playing the final. Pete Possewaite rocks up, even though he's on his deathbed. Aww. Sees them win. He goes up to accept the trophy, and he's like, I'm not accepting this, because fuck Mar- Margaret Thatcher. We're all out of a job because of her. Um, makes this big statement. It's, it's quite good. Um, and then it ends with him on an open-top bus going around London, nice. playing, and playing brass music. Cool. And then it's got another little thing, um, like little dictionary meanings. Just have another stab at the government, yeah. really. It does sound a little bit like Pride in the way that it sort of like all pans out. So yeah, definitely watch that if you get a chance. Not 
as sad as I keep saying that was. There's a few moments, yeah, like it really, really gets at you, like when yeah. Pete faints and his son runs over to him screaming, we're like, "Oh God, I'm not ready for this." Um, I think I... it's the simplicity of it all. Because yeah. it's not one of those like overly dialogued films. And it's only like like an hour and a half. Like it's not. Oh yeah, great runtime. Yeah. You um, watched the set it off, did you not? Set it off is great. Set it off was my big one for the week because I watched it last night. It was just what I wanted. It's about. Um, it's kind of like sort of got that same point blank. It's uh, F. Gary Gray who did um, uh, Friday. Uh, and he'll be nice. doing a bunch of other stuff coming up that you'll you'll like, and some of it you will not like. Um, I'm it's I about watch this. I wish I'd known. It's a uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, Queen Latifah, v- Visha A. Fox, um, and Kimberly Elise. So they're four um, women uh, working. They work as a well. Firstly, Visha A. Fox actually works in a bank, and then she gets held up in the very first scene, and she knows the guy from her neighborhood and she tries to sort of talk him out of it. And he ends up killing someone and like, it, it, it like a couple more cops die and like, it's a big shit show. Enter, uh, John C. McGinley as the, um, Mr. Cox, uh, Dr. Cox as the, uh, detective in charge of robbery, hom- robbery, homicide. And he's just like, uh, you broke pro- protocol on, um, uh, bank robberies. You also knew this dude. Um, the the her boss fires her, and he's like, "You're now also under suspicion, and lots of stuff." So, and she gets like, "She's like, I don't. She didn't fucking do anything. She's like, it's just, you know, uh, completely random sort of thing." Then Jada Pinkett Smith, she, her both her parents died in a uh, car accident, and her brother is going to um, wants to go to uh, college. But hasn't got the money for it, and she needs to get some money. So she asks um, someone that they know, but he makes her have sex with him for it. No, shown and not very nice. Um, <sighs> so then he uh, she takes a job with um, Queen Latifah as um, janitors at this big office building. Um, Kimberly Elise um, has a, a baby that she has to take to work with her and the baby gets into the cleaning products and accidentally gets poisoned. And then they, the, um, the, he, he survives, but the, um, oh. the, the government takes takes her away. Like the child protection takes her away, takes yeah. him away. So all these, um, and Queen Latifah is like, she's openly gay and, um, she sort of gets, uh, a lot of people sort of, um, give a shit and lots of stuff for it and then the, all four of them have got like these reasons they need they want to get out of the hood they want to like um get money so like they sort of get this idea of like well, let's just start robbing banks like yeah. we can actually do it a good way so they start doing it uh are they surfing on the side as well they are not they're still working okay. their janitor jobs on the side um jada pink and smith also uh comes into contact with Blair Underwood, who is a smooth-talking man working at one of the banks, um, and they start having a relationship, um, have a very weird uh, sex scene to the music of En Vogue, um, that heartbreaking, love-making, it's pretty good. But then, so they're both naked, and he's giving her like an oil massage. Then he takes off his chain that's around his neck, and then starts just sort of like draping it all over her back. But just before they cut the way, he drapes it like right between her cheeks. 
which I would have thought would have just been like, if I'm there, I'd be like, woo! <laughs> yeah, why? It's really weird. Um, yeah. There's also some like, pretty, for like, for, for the day, I'm, like, I'm not sure um, how open Queen Latifah was because I'm pretty sure she's out now. Um, but there's some pretty like openly uh, lesbian sex scenes with her and, and, and her girlfriend. Um, but yeah, like they, they, they sort of start small they get they get more and more and then uh they lose a bunch of their money to their boss at the janitor job and they have to do one big score but it's the bank that um jada pinkett smith's do works at and then uh mm. but look what i don't happens? know I, I i almost don't want to like spoil it because like it, the ending's actually like really really good and also john c mcginley is great in it like he's he is you'll always say that no but he's a, look he's a white cop and he's a dick but there's a couple of times where at towards the end where like they're in a position where like they could shoot and he's like and he's like, I don't want to do this. Like I I know why you're doing this. I don't want to do this. But oh, because um they accidentally also shoot <laughs> Jada Pinkett's Smith's um actually I should just call it Jada Pinkett because she's not with a Smith um, at this mm. point. Um her brother goes oh. and um what? just happens to know the one of the guys involved in the first bank robbery at the start. And um he has the same haircut. Uh, he's got something shaved in the back of his head and um, they mistake him for it and he's got a bottle of champagne that he's bringing bring back home and he tries to... He's, they get him to lie down and he's trying to take it out and they're like, oh, it's a gun! And they just shoot the shit out of him. They killed so, her brother? Yeah. Oh, no. So they've all got like these really, really good reasons. For the light. And it's like... And it is sort of like... <sighs> I'm like, it, it would be easy for me to go like, oh, I like it because it sort of flips the genre on its head. Like is, there's females, um, there's black females in, involved and like they, um, I feel like their, their agency to do this sort of stuff is like a bit more important. Um, like you still don't really want to root for them because they're not doing something that's like, you know, legal and stuff like that. At the same time, uh, more so than sometimes, like you know, with all male gangs, like in the the people, in, like the guys in the Heat, like I'll watch that movie because it's an awesome set piece and lot of stuff. But I'm not like going, I wish I could, you know, I I believe in what Rob De Niro is doing in that movie. Like he just wants money. These these ladies want money because they want to get out and do some stuff with it. I also feel like when you watch Heat, you're just waiting for it to be over as well. Uh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Only a complete psychopath would say that. Um. <clears throat> Um, I said it. So, yeah, I, if you, if you, and I, I used to walk past this movie all the time. It was in, it was in the drama section that, and that's probably why, like maybe, maybe I thought it was like more of a, um, yeah, like more of a love story or, or, or lots of stuff, but like, it should be definitely in the action section. Cause this is like, I'll put this up against any other heist movie that we've done in this, in this series. So if you get a chance, it's Even available, hate, apparently. uh, it's available most places to rent, um, or do whatever you'd want to do to get it. Um, set it off is is fantastic. I guess we're ending on the uh, not so fantastic, aren't we? Well, now I know Laura, your partner, was quite upset. She's only one person. You Look, know, this is how it's got to be. And like like I said, like I wasn't hundred percent this week, so maybe I didn't watch it in the in the right mood. But like, here's the thing: don't mind Shakespeare. It's fine. Like it. I like watching watching stuff like that sometimes. Don't mind the actors. And I'd like the music's great. The music is good. 
Paul Rudd's face when he's watching fireworks is incredible. <laughs> I completely forgot he was in this. Yeah. Um, wasn't a big fan when it came out. Like the like the like the soundtrack didn't like the film. But um, back in the back in the day. Was it like the second greatest, second highest selling album of the year? It was ridiculous. In Australia? Yeah, it was huge. Um I actually spoke next to my for next vet, year. I think I, yeah. I, I spoke to my vet about it this week. Um him and his sister were obsessed with this film and the soundtrack. Yeah. And everyone I've spoken to about it, um intentionally or unintentionally tries to make me feel bad about not thinking it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and it's I am not we are pretty much on the same page, I'm pretty sure, about most... Oh, not most aspects. Um, I'm not a big Lerman fan, but the Lermanness of the film didn't really bother me. Yeah. We'll have crossover issue here, but yeah. mine stems from a high school hatred of Shakespeare. <laughs> uh, I don't know exactly how or why, because um, I had a mad crush on my English teacher in high school who yeah. wanted me to watch... Uh, was it Midsummer Night's Dream or something? Did you, you went to British? I was in England during high school. Yeah. Well, that would have been like really slamming home the Shakespeare thing. Cause like a little, yeah. yeah. I just hated my whole high school experience. Anything that happened in school was like, no, this is dumb. Yeah. And I feel bad because I don't, I tried to like English. I was, you know, music and lyrics and poetry to me came together and I, you know, I wasn't against it. But now with Laura, who's very into language and poetry and like Shakespeare makes me feel even worse not intentionally <laughs> but i feel even worse about the fact that i hate shakespeare and this film just makes me hate it even more sometimes I... it's gibberish and sometimes like what the fuck are you guys talking like this, this is stupid <laughs> stop it <laughs> that'd be great you like i would love to see you like on the opening weekend it's like what's this <laughs> um yeah my my relationship with um shakespeare like in school was we got to watch what we now know was the highly uh, controversial 60s one where it showed children nude. Um, <laughs> uh, so that was like my Romeo and Juliet that I knew of. And then this one, I think I did watch it in the movies at some point. Um, look, yeah, my, 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 my actual issue with this is the... Um, trying to like, it seems like a out-of-touch director's idea of what a hood is like like i don't i understand i I think he's aware that this is surely like a sci-fi fantasy water world type universe yeah it's it's like it's it's like a a modern retelling i get that but i i feel sometimes that it's like um i don't know whether it's diverse enough for what he's trying to achieve um, having said, I, I think Makusha is like um, the best uh, character in this, and um, all his bits is, uh, are great. Yeah, um, he's probably one of the best things about, it, and his death is is really really sad. Like, th- yeah. there's moments in it. Harold Pamela. Um, yeah. Uh, the bathroom scene when they first see each other through the fish tank. Yeah. Is amazing, and yeah. the song that's playing over that, like that whole moment. Yeah, is is like its own little masterpiece. I'm not going to shit all over the film because it's no, no, it's not a terrible film. I just hate Shakespeare and it got, language. You got a generation of people like into Shakespeare, like, and it's 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 very. Is that like... a good thing? <laughs> um, but I think yeah, I think it's just it got a bit sort of long on the tooth. Um, yeah, and I'm like, look, I could re-watch this like a, a couple years later, and it might be fine. 
Um, you know what else? It's such... I know it's old, so it's nothing new and it's been done over in many ways, but it's such a cruel, heartbreaking story. And I know that's the point and this is the tale of life and I can't say that when I've said the opposite about something else, but all the way through it and then as you get closer to the end, it just kept coming back to me. It's like, this is, this is so mean. Why would you have a story end like this? Yeah, it's like, it's it's like, it's the, I mean, it's the perfect tragedy sort of thing and nothing yeah um but the fact that she has to wake up to him dying yeah i think like in the actual text like i don't know whether it's that immediate like i think she wakes up to him basically on top of her or like next to her dead and then she does it like it's not because yeah I mean, and for, for, for dramatic effect i think they do it like a little bit cut, cut more close to the bone sort of thing um yeah i don't know like, as, like i and the thing is that I've maybe seen this is like the second or third time I've seen this, but like I feel like I've seen the film so much in the music videos for like mm. um, all the one, all the like you know Love Fool and like uh, um, Young Hearts and and Local God and lots of stuff, and it's like that all sort of comes and it's like oh that's from that bit, that's from that bit, that's from that bit. yeah. So also yeah. the the greatest uh, end credit music oh, that there ever was the Radiohead one, yeah. So he actually sent that to Radiohead. So it's, it's the last 18 minutes of the movie is already yeah. hit. Yeah. Um, and they just wrote extra music for a film, which is the greatest outro ever. Which, <laughs> weird, it doesn't start until the actual credits. Yeah. I feel like it could have eased in a little bit earlier, but I guess you don't want to take away from what's actually going on. Yeah. Cause like, and there's another Radiohead song in there. So, you know, there's, there's definitely some highlights. Yeah. I'm kind of glad that there wasn't like... Like, I know for actors... Because usually they've gone through like a school where they've done Shakespeare, like to to like because you can chew up some scenery doing some Shakespeare, but like yeah, yeah. Um, did you hear the onset story of the last day of shooting? Paul Rudd and Leonardo DiCaprio I walking did. to the set, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio says to Paul Rudd, "Oh, they want me to do this like uh, Titanic film. They want me to lead the lead role." And Paul Rudd's dad knew a lot about the Titanic and. Like so, he knew like the whole story sort of thing, and he's like, "Oh, definitely do it, like do it," and then the rest is history sort of thing. Which he may have done anyway, but you know, let's give Paul Rudd some extra credit. Oh, I think he's, I think he's influenced every good decision in Hollywood ever. So yeah. I, I didn't know that Natalie Portman was almost. Yes, Juliet. she was almost cast, but they were like she was deemed like well, she was like too young. I think she was fourteen or fifteen at the time, and beside. Uh, Leo DiCaprio um, didn't seem very appropriate. Um, Pete Postlewaite's got great in this as well. Um, hate Paul, Paul Sabino. I don't know why. <laughs> Just can't stand him. Yeah. Um, but I forgot Brian Dennehy's in this, and he's great. Um, and Jamie Kennedy, uh, the black eye he's got is actually uh, he got it in Mexico just before shooting started, and Baz Luhrmann's like, oh, it's cool. Oh, good one. Um, and I do. We didn't even mention Luguzamo. Yeah, John Luguzamo um, is. As um as Tibble is has is he ever played good. a vampire? Nobody should. Yeah, he's got a real vampire <laughs> mouth. <laughs> All right, uh, I will give you the top five movies. Please do. Um, I didn't see the like. Um, I remember watching the Crucible in school. That also had a nude scene, and that caused quite the ripple. Um, <laughs> being an all boys school that just couldn't deal with like boobs being on screen. Um, and I didn't watch Sling Blade, even though, um. I've never seen it before, and I do I do have an interest in seeing it, but I just was not in the mood. 
Um, so number one was Ransom. Number two was Space Jam. Number three was Star Trek First Contact. Uh, four was Romeo and Juliet. And five was The Mirror Has Two Faces, which has Jeff Bridges and uh, Barbara Streisand in it. Oh, if I'd known, I might have... Uh, nah. nah There's a lot of movies it. in this last... These last three months, like October, November, December, where like I feel like in the in the year break between ninety six and ninety seven, I, I might give a go because it's it's just too much on the plate right now. It's too good. Yeah, I just want to want to give it a go. So let's go on to TV. And there's no TV. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, there's no premieres, <laughs> there's not no real um, news, but we do have, as usual, our um, The River of Guests with uh, Ben. when you say the, the name. Going through every guest that was on Conan O'Brien. Uh, we are big fans of Conan O'Brien here, and he does it to the tune of The River of Dreams by our Lord and Saviour. So possibly the penultimate time. Possibly, yeah. Possibly. If, uh, if you change it, yeah. We'll see. I won't complain. <laughs> oh, hush. Maybe I'll do a, a Phil Collins song. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'm going to give you a... Are you ready to go? Uh, yes. I think I've almost kind of know how the tune goes now. Like beforehand, at the start yeah. of the year, I had to listen to it before we do this. <laughs> but now I think I know. It doesn't show that I think I know. That's insane. But I think I know. All right. Ready? Maybe. Five, four, three, two, one. Kathy Griffin, Phil Collins, Brian Williams, Queen Latifah, African, they might be giants, David Hasselhoff, David Thomas, Billy Martin, Richard Anderson, Joe Queen and Cake, Dennis Miller, Ken Follett, Julie Benash, Rob Schneider, Mimi Rogers, Cow Perkins, Tony Randall, David Cross, and Bob Odenkirk, Michael Pookie, Elton John, Bob Saget, Norm McDonald, Rob Schmel. James Dewan, Amelia Estevez, The Frugal Gourmet, Andy DeFranco, TBA, <laughs> Phil Hartman, Roger Ebert, oh. Kent Rock, Cindy Crawford, Julia Sweeney, Chris Isaac, Shara Stringfield, Kenny Rogers, Michael Novak, Tim Conway, Wayne Knight, Better Than Ezra, Devanna White, Dave Chappelle, <laughs> and Jonathan Richmond. <sighs> that, was a, that was a tough one, I feel like. 47. Oh, so much time up my sleeve. I could have done all the uh, NAs. <laughs> one two three four five six seven eight but i can't wait to get to jingle all the way because we're gonna do a watch long i think phil hartman in that movie is just amazing <laughs> you say that every time phil hartman comes up i don't know man. he can't do a thing wrong uh well done well Thank done you. indeed uh let's get on to music Right, so we have a change. Fuck off, Macarena. Me. Um, we have Wannabe by Spice Girls as the Aria uh, chart, so that will be Slight there for... <laughs> and then um, we've had the Macarena for a little bit in the States, but then it got changed to this. You might notice that Chet Faker did this. He did. This is No Diggity by uh, 
Dr. Dre or Black Street featuring Dr. B- Dr. Dre. And um, yeah, kind of weird getting into the Christmas months. Good stuff. I do like that that's the song that knocked off Macarena rather than Wannabe. Like, I just like the fact that Dr. Dre is just like, dip back. <laughs> yeah, and it's like Macarena is clearly a, a one hit wonder type. Yeah. And Wannabe had the same sort of vibe as that. So, yeah. But no, getting no, into that. So, our, um, our releases are Spice Girls by uh, Spice by Spice Girls. Be with somebody to do America, the ver- uh, the compilation. Presence of the United States of America, two. Johnny Cash, Unchained. The Clean, Unknown Country. That was terrible, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> Snoop, Dog, The Dogfather. Uh, Lil' Kim, Hardcore, Eminem, Infinite, which I could not find, I think. It's just one song. Is it's it? on Spotify, but it's just one song. Okay. It's Less okay. Than Jake, Losing Streak. Bell and Sebastian's If You're Feeling Sinister, MXPX. <sighs> It's tough snores coming from a Mazzy Star fan. Um, yeah. MXPX, Life in General, Bush, Razorblade, Razorblade Suitcase, Rusted Root, Remember, and The Clark's Someday Maybe, which I could not find, so let's just get rid of that. Same. Um, something I oddly did listen to, and I didn't really want to, but I was running out of things. I went through a lot of this stuff, actually, and gave it a good mm-hmm. go. Uh, when you were crapping on about, um, what was that movie before? And I was sitting here watching Star Trek reels. First Contact, yeah. Yeah. The amazing, yeah, okay. A friend of mine posted a reel about their holiday <laughs> with a song by Rusted Root. Oh, uh, the one from Ice Age. I have I'm no on, idea. I had never heard of this band before. They're the ones that sound like um, Talking Heads. Yeah, kind of, a little bit. They, I listened to most of this album. It was okay. It was you, have definitely of... heard, you have definitely heard them before, I can tell you right now. Well, I didn't know that I'd heard them. It's in, someone in, that... Inappropriately so, one might say. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you. Do I have sex to this band? No, quite the opposite. Oh, okay. Um, I was born. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do you want to talk about? Huh? Uh, Little about? Kim's album starts off with a guy walking into a movie theater and jacking <laughs> off to what sounds like her having sex. It does indeed. Hmm. Little Kim like is going to Little Kim. And I don't know, like she... At the time, it was pretty male-dominated. I, I like the fact that she came in and she was like, I'm going to be just as, like, bawdy or whatever, like, as, as you guys. Yeah. yeah. And like, you, you can, can sing about it. it, I can sing about it. Yeah. And, like, everyone's like, what? It's just about dicks. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah no. horny too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, um, I, did, I did listen to that one, like, um, quite quietly. <laughs> Yeah, um, I didn't want the boys. <laughs> Not all of it is um, no. especially rude, but no, no. Yeah, it was um, the Beavis and Butthead soundtrack. Uh, look, I remember at the time it was a big deal because, like, look, you know, we're no fan of Peppers here, Chili Peppers, mm. but goddamn, yeah. if they didn't play that Love Roll Coaster clip on V just constantly, and I didn't mind it. Like, it's yeah. Yeah, I'm still um, not quite tired of that song somehow. Uh, but then nowadays it's just like, huh, it's that little bit of song that they played in uh, Bulletproof. Yep. <laughs> dink-a-dink, 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 dink-a-dink. Yep. 
Repeat. Um, we also had uh, I Want to Write by Rancers on there. There's a... It's not in this one, but there was, I know there was another compilation with Beatles and Buddy that had um, uh, an unreleased Nirvana song. And I can't remember what compilation that was, but like... Weird. It's that... Um, the one that starts off and he's saying, Ronnie does a lot of good. Um, but it's not on this one, so I'm not going to talk about it. Okay. Uh, so, uh, I really liked... Like, the Spice Seals album's not bad. I, 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 the one thing I found out about myself is that I, I recognize and like more songs off their next one than this one. So I was surprised how many good songs were on this one. I thought this was just Wannabe and that was it. Mm. But uh, Mama is on here. Yep. Mama is a great song. And uh, I mean, Say You'll Be There is great. Like that, that, the melody. Two Become One. Yeah. Uh, Who Do You Think You Are was, I think that was another pretty big single. Good song. We've been talking a lot lately about getting a theremin, and I reckon you'd be able to play that song on it. Who's been talking about that? Who's been talking about that? Uh, Laura's always wanted one. Oh, really? Um, Because we realized last night, every, like, pre-90s alien film, that's all they used. I would love love to give it a try. (sighs) It seems like a very fun thing to do. Yeah. Probably for about five minutes and then (laughs) in the cupboard. Or you can just get a Casio that's got a theremin setting on it. No, it's not the same. Um, I yes, I, I, I really... You can actually do it on GarageBand right now. If you want. It's not the same. I need the stick. Uh, yeah, I, I really like Spice. Um, okay. I did also try out Less Than Jake and MXPX. I don't know why I bothered, but I tried. Um, yeah, look, uh, again, like a few people that I know that would um, listen to this, this, lose, this, this album, Losing Street by um, Less Than Jake, just reminds me of a... Parties in the early two thousands because this album would play be played every single time. I can almost smell the pot smoke again um, when <laughs> this stuff's on. Uh, look, and like each their own, and I like Scar. Um, I've never been a huge Less Than Jake fan, um, but you know, whatever. Um, MXPX, <laughs> I I can't fucking stand them. Like I, they they were ones more than anyone else. And I remember, like, I like that there's this one song because it's got, it's got a good bass on it. Here's it. This is Chick Magnet. Yeah. I find them were more egregious than, like, Blink One Eight Two or like, I don't know, because like the 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 lead singer is like just covered in tattoos, but they seemed like way more um, uh, like produced and um made in a lab pop punk than a lot of the bands that sort of got like Sum Forty One got like a hell of a lot of shit for being a pop punk band that was that was famous that got they got a lot of um fans, but they could actually play pretty well and actually had some good songs. Um, MXPX, like, are sort of like, they're kind of, a lot of people like dig them, but I'm not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, uh, 
every now and then I'll uh, see a friend and they'll be like, oh, where are you up to the podcast now? What's been happening? And I'll mention some of the things I'm not excited about, I don't like. And they're like, what do you mean? And yeah. Lesson Jake and MXPX were one of the, two of those things. They're like, this <laughs> is great. These are the best things. What are you, this is the, the highlight of the 90s. Like, is it? Yeah, What's I don't know. I mean, I I got no doubt that like listen like while listening to that stuff, you're probably doing some pretty like you're probably either um drinking, getting high, or having sex. But like, I don't know if that's the music. <laughs> I don't know if it's the music that you're that you're uh, connecting to there. I think it's the moment. Yeah, because um, if you go back and like listen to the really really long album by MXPX, it's pretty much the same song over and over and over. Um, come at me, MXPXs. <laughs> <laughs> or is it Silence, MP? What do you know? Or is it MP with two like <laughs> with two dots that they did as X's? I don't know. M times P times life in general. <laughs> M times P times life in general equals sucks. Sorry. <laughs> um, gonna regret giving out the uh, Instagram handle, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, Bell and Sebastian, shut up. Um, if you're oh, feeling yeah. sinister, you like it? Yeah, it's good. I like oh. it. I like it. I like it a lot. I think because I'm supposed to like them and I never have. And I like a lot of dull music. <laughs> dull music is is my thing. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. But not this one. I think because you know that I liked them. I think sometimes you go out of your way to not like stuff I like. Sometimes, yes. There's not sugarcoat that at all. Not always intentionally. It just happens. Hmm. You know. Okay. Um. Yeah. If you if you listen to that one, uh, like Dylan, the movies Mayfly is great. Um. But yeah, it's it's a really really decent album. There's a second one they took out brought this year. I the first one I feel sort of fell in love with. This one's I think slightly better. Um. But Bell and Sebastian, if you're feeling sinister, uh, very very cool. It's hard to think it's cool after you've listened to Razorblade Suitcase. Yeah, so let's talk about Resume Suitcase. Actually, I'll just I'll just cover the presidents. They had two songs in there that was good. Volcano, Muck Five. I don't mm-hmm. think they were even trying by the stage. I think I read that half the songs in here were like from an EP before their first album. Um, I think they were just like, let's see how much we can get away with on this. I one. I don't want to say it's what they're doing, and I hope that it wasn't. But a lot of it just sounds like trying to rewrite previous songs. This one, I I've never, and this is this is harsh. Um, being that I like the first one so much, even to the point that Peaches was my favorite song last year, which I'm thinking I'm going to get shit for the rest of my life. Yes. Um, I never heard, felt felt a band on a second album. Um, like you can see how much they don't care. Like it's 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 palpable. Like it's really not good. Um, there's a bit in Bath yeah. of Fire where he literally coughs on the vocal track, and they do not cut it out. <laughs> He's like they must have just left it on. He coughs, has a bit of a coughing fit in like one of the like the the musical parts, and then he just goes back wreck into it. I kind of like that. I don't think it was intentional. Oh. Uh, and Johnny Cash, um, I really wanted just to because this is great. This is like um, his version of Rusty Cage. It's just oh, that was on this. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It's so good. Um, 
so this album, because this is part of his American recordings, um, the first one he did solo, he had Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers as his backing band for this one. Oh. Which you can definitely tell. It, it's a it's really little known band that people might not have heard of. It's uh, I've got way more into them. Like they're, again, they're a band I should have gotten to like years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, everyone should listen to Unchained. But I mean, I'm sure like if you like Johnny Cash, you've already done it by now. But there was like a little bit of like blowback. Some of the people don't like new Johnny Cash as opposed to old. Um, again, get off your dicks. Um, just listen to it because it's like this, these ones. This is mostly covers this album, but yeah, it's, it's really good. I love this stuff. But let's talk about Razorblade Suitcase because um, this whole time I've been watching the Greedy Fly video. Ha! Because I forgot to. Have I been going in seven minutes? Because that's how long the video goes for. Uh, I'm six minutes in, yeah. Okay, so... Um, I'm very confused. <laughs> I sent a message to uh, to Ben saying, watch the video for Greedy Fly by uh, Bush because I remember that distinctly when it came out because it's a seven-minute video. It's like a mini film. It was filmed... Do you have, have, you, have you got any... Did you, did you notice anything similar about any of the set locations? Is it seven? Yes. Yeah. It was filmed in the same building that uh, John Doe and um, Brad Pitt uh, had their chase through. And there's that little like section at the top. It is a very, very, very weird video of like yep. some fly thing that's making little Gavin Rosdales <laughs> in the lab. <laughs> and, but that song is great. That song is a it's, brilliant it's song. It's a pretty good song. It's not Swallowed, though, is it? It's not Swallowed, but it damn sure is my favorite on the album. Oh. I went and watched... Um, uh, so, like, you know when the, it just plays after YouTube? Yeah. I was watching it this morning, and then I went to... Uh, I think it was a Pinker Pop uh, festival. And Gavin Rosdale's guitar is way too high. And in, in the choruses, he's just doing two chords. Not very well. <laughs> Whereas the other guitarist, who is like amazing and who is not from garbage, which I thought he was. <laughs> um, Did you think it was Butch Vig? No, no, there's that bald guy in garbage as well. <laughs> they kind of oh. the um, he's doing that like nice little riff, and like it's just, and I, there's a point where like that guitarist can tell, and he's just like, oh, fucking Gavin's like, <laughs> every, every, he's like got no shirt on, he's just, ugh. Gavin's then, guitar is too high. The guitarist guitar is too high. No, no, Gavin's guitar is too high. So it's just too, oh, yeah. and he's not, and he's not hitting the chords very well either. It's it's really weird. Then it played on recovery, ABC, the the version of Grief Fly they did on that, and in that one, in the little breakdown bit, he goes to the audience and plays in front of it, and no one could be less interested in Gavin Rosdale being in. Uh, no. It is cringy. I I want everyone to watch it. I do. I, I bear no ill will towards Gavin Rosdale, but like sometimes you, you, you like the confidence that he walks over that to that with, and what he gets, not equal. <laughs> he he forgot that it's nine o'clock in the morning, and these people aren't ready for. Yeah, it's roll. it's almost about. I remember the Mighty Mighty Boston's did that, and uh, Dickie Barrett, the lead singer, came out, and it's one of their songs. Like the lyrics are pretty easy to pick up as you go along. It's not it's not impression I get, but he holds it out to the crowd, and the crowd don't know the lyrics, and it's amazing. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> it's like these are kids, 
at an ABC screening of Recovery. They don't know your lyrics. Yeah. Anyway. They probably didn't even know that you were going to be there. They just lined up to get into yeah. taping. Um, this was... Uh, Let's talk about Steve Albini. This is produced by him, uh, Red Bay Suitcase. Yeah, your favorite. Definitely has a has an inure sound to it. I think. Yeah, I suppose. Um, definitely a lot sort of like yeah, grindier. Um, Swallowed is great. Cold Contagious is great. Yeah. Um, it, it's up there is... for pick of the month. Yeah. Up there. Yeah, I can I can see how you you. Um, um, while while we're in music, um because I don't do it as often as I, I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Pearl Jam was touring Europe uh, in November. <laughs> yes. And their last show of the tour in Portugal. Yep. They opened up with Who You Are. Ooh. If people listen to our No Code special, they would have heard uh, certain people speak ill of Who You Are and its place on the live set. Um, if uh, I, was... <laughs> I think they played at most shows. Can you imagine, like, rocking up with, like, Oh, they're opening with this. Well, I can only get better. <laughs> they didn't open up with that very often that I can see. Someone put their hand up. It's like, did Stone write the set list this time? This is a Stone song. Oh, man. You need to you need to go and look What's at What's next, Mankind? They did that as well. <laughs> um, This little Euro tour. Mm-hmm. These sets were so good. <laughs> I I I kind of want to go through all of them and tell you what was happening, but I'm, I won't do that because that's 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 just weird. Okay, right? Uh, <laughs> we'll do it on our other one, um, on our other podcast, just going through Bill James' set list. I'm sure you know what. I'm sure there's a set, there's a podcast that does that. <laughs> there is now. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, Living what is your favorite? <laughs> um, what what is your favorite movie for the month so uh surprise surprise it is brassed off yeah i bet i thought that was gonna be the it's uh, just so lovely and heartwarming mine set it off obviously so it's yeah. uh, great good to go a, uh, an underdog story of a film that no one has heard of <laughs> that we all probably should have by the sounds of it uh and my album would be If You're Feeling Sinister by Bell and Sebastian, and my song will be Gritty Fly by Bush. Ooh. My song is Swallowed by Bush, mm. and my album is None of Those Things. You want to guess? You want to guess what it is? This is Spaskets. Yeah, it is. Oh, nice. It's it's too good. We might get there with Spice World, but uh, yeah, this one... Uh, not just there yet. I might uh, keep. I might keep playing the, the sound. My my life is pretty spiced up, so I'm yeah. I'm happy. All right. So if you want to get in contact with us, like we said at the start of the show, live in the past pod at gmail.com and we also got the Instagram. Um, December's coming up. Uh, actually, no. Next we got our Simpsons part two of our Simpsons uh, uh, run through for the '96. Then we got December, which I don't think I've done a fact sheet for. Um, and there's yeah. heaps and heaps. There's heaps and heaps of moves for that one. Fact schmacks. And then we got our year in review. So we've got uh, three episodes left. Oh, um, it's over. And then it's 97 time sometime in the near future. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we will be uh, um, checking with Arnold Schwarzenegger um, a little closer to, to Christmas. So we'll get that. I done. completely forgot that you'd said that before. I was like, why are we checking with Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> we always do. Is he on the board now? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like Christmas time I get chickens like, hey, how you doing? As you donkey. Say, <laughs> no, it's not a donkey, it's a reindeer. Doesn't he have a donkey as well? No, no in real life, donkey. he owns a donkey. Ah. Oh. oh yes, yeah. No, nah, he punches a reindeer and do you away. <laughs> yeah. That's why we're not friends with him. And he says, And remember you're my favorite customer. <laughs> Um, anyway, folks, saying Christmas for more of Paul's Arnie impersonations, <laughs> they will only get better. Can't get worse. All right. Bye, everyone. All right. Thanks for listening to Living in the Past. Music by Antigold. Check out his stuff at antigold.bandcamp.com. Artwork by Carly Kagenvin. Check out her stuff at carlykagenvin.design on Instagram or email her carlykagenvin at hotmail.com. Do you like the X-Files? Check out our other podcast, Do You Think I'm Spooky? Available on all podcast platforms. Like what you're hearing? Give us a five-star review and a comment on Apple, Spotify or Chartable. Stay cosy, look back and relax. We'll see you later.